Everybody, this is the Perfect Strangers Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Furby Montano, otherwise known as Chubby Elvis. And hey, thank you for joining me today. It is crazy to think that it's the last day of June 2022. The second half begins Friday, and we're starting it off with my good friend, David Kirsch. Now, Dave is somebody that I actually hung out with quite a bit back when I was in music school in California. And the reason I'm having him on is the same reason that I've had a lot of people on. I don't know him for the past 10 years. I have no idea what he's like as a 30-something-year-old man. Last time I knew him, he was like 22 years old. I was like 23, 24. And it was cool talking to him, especially as someone who I really haven't kept up with uh, since we used to hang out all those years ago. And... um, seeing how he's the same, seeing how he's changed and getting to know him a little better um, at, at this point in his life and at my point in, at this point in my life, excuse me. So um, yeah, Dave, super funny guy, um, very, very creative, great musician. I mean, a fantastic musician. Um, yeah, I'm not going to waste any more time because I want you to hear Dave. He is hilarious. I think all of you are going to absolutely love him. So Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, David Kirsch. And thank you so much for listening. We're cool to curse, right? I can use foul language. Dude, of course. You can you can say whatever right, you cool. want. You can say I have a F sailor mouth. You can say F and S and B and, and P if you want to. Wow. All the all the all the letters, man. Wow. Poopy. I said it. I said I said the p word. You son of a bitch! Now we're not yeah. having you back. Mother, oh man, fucker, <laughs> bro! How have you been? I feel like it's been a long time since we had a good chat, dude. Yeah, I mean, since we've physically seen each other, at yeah, minimum, minimum ten years. It's been ten years. Yeah, 10 you graduated years. in 2012, right? Sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good old, old MI days, man. Those were indeed the days. I've not been back to LA since I left. Really? So really. did you like move there just to go to MI and then move home? Initially it was to, uh, it was a move. Um, okay. And then, uh, dude, I, I just didn't like LA if I'm being honest with you. I understand why there's so many reasons not to. <laughs> LA I live, is not I'm a... very fortunate that I, I can live in a neighborhood that's far enough removed from LA that like the loudest thing around is the woodpeckers and the owls. That's good. But like, you know, 45 minutes and I'm in the city proper. Okay. That, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good distance away though. That's, that's I like, mean, yeah. yeah, you can, you can still have your own little community. And then like, if you really want to, you can go do the Hollywood shit if you want. I really don't want to. I'm over it. I lived in Hollywood for like years, bro. Yeah. Same. In that area. I was there from, I was in Hollywood from 2009 to 2012 then an ex and i moved to west hollywood and then what's west hollywood like i've never never lived there at least when we were there it was a lot of old russian people fair enough yeah our landlords included dude i had Um, a i had a russian family i lived off like western and like right in between hollywood and sunset uh uh-huh uh, kind of by that that Ralph's that was out there. Where are you at? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, 
when I was there, I had this Russian family living right next door to me, dude. And they always had like the worst smelling food, but it was so delicious when they had us over to eat. They always had me and my neighbor over to eat. It was so good. That's yeah. Russian, Russian food is interesting. Uh, My family is Russian, but we never really like were culturally. So, cause my grandparents moved to Canada, like before, like during world war II kind of era. Yeah. So what have you been up to, man? You've been doing tick. You've been crushing it on the TikTok front, bro. <laughs> Dude, I've been I've been trying, man. Whoa, my battery's about to die on my computer. I might want to plug that in. Better plug that in. Yeah. There we go. All right. Hey. Yeah. Now it's got juice. Ah, uh, no, thank you, man. Um, yeah, it's it's been TikTok is interesting, man. It was something I started doing just out of sheer boredom. Yep. Not even in the pandemic, just sheer boredom. I had lost my job and had nothing to do all day except apply for jobs. So was that back when you were at Best Buy? No, 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 no. This was uh this was long after Best Buy. Um okay. this was I don't even remember who I was working for at that point. I think I was working for Skinny Pop popcorn. Copy. Yeah, and I'd lost my job. And uh yeah, girlfriend was working, now fiance, girlfriend at the time. Mazel and, tub. Uh, I just thank you. And uh yes, yeah, just just had the uh the apartment to myself and i got bored a lot so got I tired see. of got tired of jacking it all day so i had to do something else yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know how that goes dude um i have a similar i guess situation with tiktok um before covid19 happened i was a1 and like stage manager at the saban theater for those of you who are in la it's in beverly hills for those of you who are impressed by such a thing it was not an impressive gig the pay was <laughs> a joke, like not even livable. And it was like 5am calls on a Sunday for like a church type gig. Uh, I love the people that I worked with. Every single person that I worked with was some of just the best people as far as like salt of the earth, good folk are concerned. Uh, it's just that the company that like staffs and like rents their stuff to the venue and like kind of were on their payroll as the crew, they were not easy to deal with. Uh, they didn't really care much for the crew or the value of their time. And that's unfortunate. Uh, that's the yeah. worst, man. So anyways, the lockdown happened and fortunately, cause it was a house gig, I was able to collect unemployment for a while. Uh, cause it was a W2 gig. Um, and then I kind of like got to a point during the pandemic where I'm just like, all right, well, I found out how much you can make off of music. Like when you place cues in like a film, like what that rate is, I found out the actual like dollar value of music in sync. And it's somewhere around $200 a minute. Okay. What? Yes, dude. If you're playing your cards correctly, you're composing some like hype shit. That's like good for movies, bro. You can, you can sell that at like 200 bucks a minute my guy i kid you not i scored like i ghost wrote i'm not even credited i ghost wrote like seven or eight cues for a movie did it in like a day and a half just like slogged through it with uh with the guy i was ghostwriting for burt blackerack and fucking that was a nice little check dude my man that was like months and months of pushing boxes so the point is like it's it's neb the, the the game is nebulous by design, but like once you like learn how it works and like you can kind of like it's still unsteady, like you still gotta find the prompts and submit the, you know, you know what I mean? Like all of that, you still there's more groundwork and legwork than just making stuff. And you really need a team. That's the secret. You need a team. You cannot do it alone. There are not enough hours in a day. Dude, I'm so happy to hear like you're you're doing stuff with music, man. That that like makes me so happy because I feel like so many people, Thank myself you. included, from school, like 
we're just not doing music as a career. So to hear you actually doing it, that's fucking awesome, man. I'm like, I almost didn't, bro. I was like real close to giving up the, just giving it up and doing whatever. But I saw what not playing music did to me spiritually and really helped me recover from that situation when I got, when, when that ended and I got back into playing music that like not only saved my life, but like again, gave me that outlet that I was needing. But like, I don't know about you, but if I hear a song in my head and I haven't like scratched it out, like laid it out in some kind of form that I can work it out, I won't sleep that night. You know, I, I used to be, I haven't been like that in a very long time. And it's very yeah. sad for me not to be like that anymore, but I know what you mean. Yeah. It's hard to stay inspired, man. Life is fucking tough, bro. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. It's, it's one of those things. I got super discouraged, Ryan. like super discouraged in LA. Um, How so? Uh, it, it's not a big guy, friendly city, if you will. Tell so, me about uh, it. So, uh, going to auditions and then being around like people at school, there were a lot of hot people at school, right? So you're, you're surrounded by these people who are very attractive people who are very good at their instruments, very good at their craft. Yeah. But like, not everybody can be Swedish. Like, gosh, exactly. Like, it's just not our fault. You know what I mean? So like you and me learned probably pretty quickly that the charisma is going to be your selling point. You know what I mean? And by the way, this is the best that I have looked since school, Dude, I've been chubby for, you know, my entire 20s, save like one point when I was living off of sweet potatoes. Same, dude. I was I was chubby my whole time. Tw- I'm still chubby now. Yeah, Let me too. Me- I'm a little thicky thick, but like. I'm, I'm, I'm much less chubby now than I was. Look like, great. Like, thank you. So do you, man. Thank you. you I just got a haircut today. I was like, I was pretty scruffy. So I just got lined up today and dude did a good job. So I'm pleased with it. Shouts out, JJ. Shouts out JJ. I don't know JJ, but shouts out. I just met JJ. He's right. He's a good guy. He's, a, he's from Chile. He's a musician. That's awesome, man. Does pop music in Spanish. Really yeah, cool cat. My uh, my barber, she's uh, she's Puerto Rican. And like yeah. the instant I walked in, she could tell that I was Mexican. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Like she, I didn't have my last name. Furby isn't exactly a Spanish last, a Spanish first name, right? No, it's more of a Mattel name yeah, than anything. Exactly. Tiger, actually. Mm. They're, they're gonna sue you man they're gonna sue you i'm telling you all right come at me bros come at me come, <laughs> no, come that, get this as soon as she saw me she just goes furby you mexican and i was like yeah how'd you tell she's like ah i could just tell <laughs> that's great that's so rad i was just in mexico uh in february where about uh, my folks bought a condo to retire to in puerto vallarta nice man it's beautiful yeah. out there Canadians love Puerto Vallarta. That is a very real thing. Well, why wouldn't you, man? You spend your whole life in the snow, in the mountains. That's just it. My folks are sick of it. 60 plus years. You know what I mean? Hell yeah, man. Like I was over it at 19 and moved to LA. <laughs> Dude, were you really 19? When yeah, I was 2009, when I started MI, I was 19. I had done one year of university at University of Ottawa. I was a communications major and bro, I just knew that wasn't it, you know? Dude, I had no idea you were that young. So I'm you 32 old. now. Holy shit, man. You're too young. I thought you were my age this whole time. Like, damn. I mean, man. close enough for jazz. You know what I mean? That's true. Did you did you have Ken Rosser <laughs> as a teacher? Yeah, I you had did. Ken, Bro, I had on my on my final, I think it was my RSW final reading a rhythm section workshop. I think it was that. I was getting tuned up and I was almost there. And he's like, ah, close enough for jazz. Let's go. <laughs> 
And I that followed me to this very day. And I, I never had Ken Rosser for uh for single string or RSW. I had a I did have Greg Harrison though. Dude, Greg, bro, I got a yeah. funny story about Greg Harrison, and I hope he sees this. Man, I handed him a chart for an assignment once that was so fucking haggard. I shit you not. I think he had it like on his fridge with a fucking magnet until he <laughs> left LA. <laughs> <coughs> I was like, not the best student at MI. Like I got a lot out of it. I probably could have gotten more out of it, but like I was young and dumb. You know what I mean? Right. right. And uh, also I have a fine motor deficit. My handwriting is fucking chicken scratch. There's nothing I can do about it. I've tried. My oh, mom tried. Same. Um, my handwriting has not improved since third grade. And it same. still looks like that of like a sloppy third grader, but my shorthand is actually better than my print. Really? That's, a, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, I have, maybe it's a guitar thing. Maybe it's a legato thing. I don't know. It's possible. It's probably just the the fluid motion, the not stopping and starting. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Greg Harrison made a Facebook post like a couple of days ago, and I spotted it, and I was like, "Hey, cool man, congrats! Hey, can I have my chart back?" And he he died. He laughed. He laughed so hard. <laughs> I, I fucking love Greg, man. Greg's Greg. a great guy. He and I like music. Like I like gent music. I can dig it. Um, but that guy, I. He's so technical. He's so technical. And for my kind of like all over the place, ADHD brain, that was just not a match. So I actually, believe it or not, I think I'm the only person in history to actually have failed single string. You failed single point. string? Dude, I know. That's I know. Hard. That shit was easy. So here's, here's why. I had Jamie Finley initially for single Jamie's string. Jamie's tough, bro. Okay. I was going through a really hard time just like mentally at the time. And he straight up told me one day, like, dude, I don't think you're going to be a musician. Literally just told me that. And I shut down, dude. So I just stopped going to his class. So I didn't tell me something very similar. Yeah. dude. As a private, I think he's just like bitter. I I love Jamie as a human being. He's like one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life, but he did not bullshit. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that was, that was kind of my first, like, but like sometimes he's a pretty spiritual guy and there's like a concept yeah. of like skillful means, which is kind of the <laughs> teacher. Have you, are you familiar with the concept of skillful means? Yes, sir. Okay. To explain it for the, for the guests, for the, for our listeners, skillful means is essentially the teacher leading the student to the lesson as though it was of the student's volition. Well, so here's the thing also with, with that, that class. So we had, you know, Frederick Holland, who's like, I never knew Fred. But Fred is like all over the place now. Uh-huh. We had Jared Nichols in that class and we had Brandon gone in that class. So we had three dudes who are like fucking literal rock stars right now. Yeah. Like touring fucking rock stars in that class. And then there's me like I, I'm, I'm a good guitar player. I know I am. Right. Yeah. But that was the most intimidating fucking class I've ever been in in my life, dude. So like I was not. No, wasn't happening. So there's more room in big music for slow hand guitar players than it is for those, you know, real rocker shredder guys. But you know how it is over there, man. You see these people like fucking shredding and you're, it's intimidating. It was for me anyway. It's well, I guess I had already like had a pretty decent account of like what I was and wasn't capable of given my fine motor deficit. And oh, dude, did you get a private lesson with Paul Gilbert when he was doing private lessons? I did. I did. Man, dude. I, there's I still have one the... thing that he told me that really like stuck and made me realize that I don't need to like worry about those cats. And he said, Dave, you've got great touch. You've got great feel. You should learn more chords. 
Dude, he told me the exact same fucking thing. I'm not even kidding. That changed my world. Dude, when I had him, so I, I had Greg at the exact same time. Greg was like, dude, you can fucking play. Like, you're, you're just doubting yourself. You need confidence. You don't need skill. You, you've got all yeah. that shit. And then I got that the lesson with Paul Gilbert. It was a half hour. Mm-hmm. Number one, he was like, well, show me what you got. Let's jam on something. So I started yeah. playing a Beatles song. And he's like, oh, you're not a shredder guy, man. That's all he yeah. told me. And I was like, yeah, I'm really not. He goes, yeah, yeah, you don't need to shred, man. Just learn some chords. Be beautiful, man. You don't have to be a shredder. Be beautiful. I was like, oh, yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Dude, that really steered me into the direction that I am now. And like, I can't even, I, I never use a pick anymore. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I have them lying around. Unless somewhere. I'm playing metal. Oh, I've got them everywhere, especially like even yeah. in the laundry machine still, even though I never yeah. use them. But I, yeah, I've been playing just the softest, smoothest stuff since that day. Dude, I, I don't play soft and smooth. Uh, I st- I play a lot of country now, honestly. Oh, I rad. In, I, li- I lived in Texas for eight years, dude. I can't play country, right? So I lived in Texas and Louisiana. That's like country, jazz, rock. I mean, that that's what you're playing there, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I learned how to chicken pick without a pick. Oh, that's rad. Dude, it's awesome. I just leave so do my, you like my, double thumb? Yeah, double thumb, and I use my thumb. I've been working on my double thumb. That shit is tricky to like really get clean with it. My goodness, it just takes hours and hours of doing it. It's the only way to do it. Try to play a lot of uh, John Mayer acoustic. Okay, it'll it'll get you there. Noted. It's kind of it's kind of hard to sit through a lot of it because it gets really monotonous. But it's worth it, man. You it, it it works your thumb out big time. Oh yeah. I also play a lot of bass as well. And I would do a lot of my lows with my thumb. Um, and then obviously I did, but did you have Marcelo? No, I never had Marcelo. Mar- Marcelo was the flamenco teacher. Yeah. I, and... I took a couple of the, uh, I don't remember what like Roomba workout, the Roomba work. I, I never, I sat in a couple of times, but I never actually took the class. So dude, that class completely was like the missing link for me as a really? rhythm player. Oh yeah. I never needed to pick again after that class. You know who was uh, my rhythm guru was Ross Bolton. I never got to study with Ross. So I had, guy. Dude, Ross was the shit, man. I had him the, the very last semester before he died. Oh. And um, it was, it was very obvious he was sick, but he wasn't letting it on. And uh, I had been going to his, his open counseling a lot. So he knew who I was. And uh, I would always wait to be the last person there um, in the class. There was the, um, the rhythm workshop. So not rhythm workshop. What the hell was it? Um, I don't know. It wasn't the funk class. It was the other one he did where it was strictly for like odd meter time signatures. Right. Oh yeah. 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 So I, I took that and he would always come up and we would jam. It was always me, him, Menno Verbaten and Pepe Magana. Menno Ooh. is a boost. Yeah, dude. It would be us, us four just fucking ripping for like an hour after class. It was That's so fucking sick. fun. Every That's single so week, dude. It was awesome. Yeah. Dude, MI was sweet. It really started to get crappy, like around the time you graduated, because I stayed or I so after we did uh the guitar program, because that's when we that's when you were there, right? It was 09 to 12? Uh or no, so you were 09 to eleven. No, no, no. I was I, right? I started in twenty ten. So I was there okay. like March of twenty ten. Gotcha. Oh, so I was there like a couple I was there like a quarter, uh like semester before you or something. Yeah, yeah. You'd you'd already been there a minute. I remember yeah. we met in the the smoker alley. That's where I tend to meet people. <laughs> good place to make good friends. Hey, indeed. Uh, man. I didn't even smoke. I just like hanging out because that's where everyone was, man. Yeah, that's the spot, dude. That's the social, the social joint. Uh, I was there 2009 to 2011, and then I took a leave of absence after I finished the guitar program. 
um, so that I could go on tour with Dave Days. And then I oh, came sure. back for uh, the audio engineering program. Awesome. How, how was the audio engineering program? I learned a lot in the audio engineering program as far as like what everything is and what it does. But I learned more in my first week on the job as a stagehand than I learned in a year and a half as a, you know, audio engineering student. It's usually how that works out, huh? Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, you know, I guess eight years to no, 10 years later, like I've been able to partially sustain myself off of that as an income source. So that helps. Uh, I know I will remark that MI as a school never really did anything for me as far as like getting gigs are concerned. However, there were a couple of teachers who like have thrown me some opportunities that panned out for a little bit. Um, so, you know, you I had a, know. teachers I and a, friends, students, you know. Well, I got a standing gig, uh, Maurice Verloop. He I love Maurice. Remember his intro for, uh, for theory class of course but maurice was the shit i fucking bro <laughs> hi i'm maurice i'm the head of the basic department i'm also your theory teacher i'm also the school nurse hey little tommy feeling sick to the stomach smoke two of these and call me in the morning <laughs> hilarious and i forgot all about that <laughs> i will never forget that shit that was so funny but maurice um he had a friend of his just hanging out and he had seen me play in the, the hard rock lpw a lot mm -hmm. And he like pulled me aside before and he goes, Hey, just so you know, I have a friend here. She needs a guitar player. Um, I love your playing, man. I know we don't know each other that well, but you should go talk to her. So mm -hmm. he like, he got me my first gig in LA. Like I played with that. Her name, was, her name was Amanda soul. I played with her for a year and a half. Oh, she moved. so dude. Yeah. It was, it was awesome, man. Like that him, Lenny got me a couple gigs. Uh, he's a great guy. Oh, I fucking love Lenny, man. Actually, Greg, Greg got me a gig too. Um, really? So, yeah. Oh, it was, wow. dude, it was, it was good times at MI, man. I, I really enjoyed myself and it was, I know a lot of it wasn't, I know I'm a good player, but I wasn't the best player there. But, no, I think but the reason that people were chucking you gigs. Yeah. is because you're a good guy. Thank you. That's going to get you the gig more often than being a, like a monster player. Like, you know, you get to a certain level and a certain like technical need and yeah, there's technical requirements, you know, but right. you know, 85 to 90% of the job is just how easy you are to work with. Dude, going, getting to Texas, I can tell you that was totally worth going to MI. Like, really? I got to Texas thinking like, all right, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to do shit here, but it's a little different. People are all about country, what have you, what have you. Like MI taught me not necessarily how to be a pro, but they taught me how to not be a dick. Yep. And it humbled than, you, right? Because there was always someone exactly. who was way better way better uh, and all the time like you were never better than anyone in a room at any given time there was never yeah. one best player well except for mateo sasato oh well motherfucker is every time he puts a new video up i'm like all right let's see what this asshole has to i can't i don't believe that man sleeps Dude. i think he just power cycles <laughs> <laughs> the way he fucking puts chords together, man, and plays these beautiful chord melodies. I've tried to steal just, some of his double stop slide licks. That dude, stuff is beautiful. So saucy. And like, he makes it look so fucking effortless, dude. Well, I mean, like, if you don't think about it too hard, it is. Very true. Very true. You know, a lot of the effortlessness is the fact that he just goes for it. That's true. You know, and he's gone for it enough times that he doesn't really miss as much these days. Did you see him on the Grammys this weekend? No, I haven't. Wa I, I haven't watched much this weekend. I've been troubleshooting Ableton and I, doing stuff around the house. 
I usually don't watch. My fiance had it on, and Bruno yeah. Mars comes on. And I was like, oh, I like Bruno Mars. And I look in the back. I'm like, oh, fuck, there's Mateus. You yeah. son of a bitch. Right on, man. Good for you. Like, I, I wouldn't say that there's a such thing as, like, the best guitar player in the world, but if there had to be, it might be him. He's, I would argue, like, the most technically proficient and tasteful combined to, like, as far as, like, mass appeal as a musician goes, he's got it di- the most dialed out of anybody else out there. Absolutely. What, Not to mention just the sauce. Dude, he, <gasps> I remember seeing him play, like, in school, being like, what the absolute fuck? is going yeah. on right now even the teachers were like can't help you dude dude i You're remember good al, al Benome dan gilbert play. oh my god al Benome. dude al Benome <sighs> saw him play so he had him in a class and then he made him stay behind to a, we had a um surf spy guitar with him i think it was surf spy or country mm-hmm. i don't remember but uh i took that class did you yeah it was, it was that class of i shit. liked it al's such a cool guy too uh fellow canadian that's right. He is Canadian. I yeah, he's French Canadian with that last name. Is it's, it's Snowman? Uh, it's Good Guy, Al yeah. Goodman. Basically, Goodman. I love it. Yeah. He 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 saw, thought I was totally like a metal guy when I first got there because yeah. I wore like metal T-shirts all the time and I had a mohawk. <laughs> I had like fucking yeah. electric red hair. I don't even know if you remember me like that, but I don't remember the red hair. Dude, I had electric ass red hair when I got to LA. It was like, it yeah, and then I shaved my head very soon after that because I looked. I remember really that. Dumb. <laughs> yeah you thought you were gonna like go and make a splash oh yeah dude and then people were like cool what's up bro that's a little weird um yeah cool <laughs> you probably look like the drummer from uh i can imagine you looking like the drummer from uh oh my god what are they called danny elfman's band oingo boingo oh uh, oingo boingo yeah johnny i can see that <laughs> yeah dude yeah dude johnny's sick but Al, when uh, he he played, uh, he was my first teacher, first class I ever had, single string one, and uh, he played the the lick from uh, Streets of Bakersfield by um, Dwight Yoakam. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I know that song, and I started playing it with him. And he goes, how the hell do you know that song? Aren't you a metal guy? I was like, eh. oh, well, yeah, but no, you know. So ever since then, me and Al, like, I've always had a little bit of a connection with him. <laughs> I can see that. That's very cool. Um, I remember. When I had, so my single string teacher was Marcelo and he ended up being my private for most of my time at MI between Marcelo and Ernesto, but Marcelo, uh, he told me that I just had a, a weird style. I remember he was like, man, you, you play weird. I like it. (laughs) Keep doing that then. That's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I'm not Devin Townsend said it best. I'm certainly not the best guitar player in the world, but I certainly get my point across. And to elaborate on that, I don't think there's anybody that sounds like me. That's a good thing. Yeah. I do my thing. Dude, that, that See, I was very similar in that, that respect because I always played very heavy-handed, right? No matter yeah. what I played, I'm very, very heavy-handed because I grew up playing metal. All right, that's of course. just kind of my, my default, right? Uh, when I was in New Orleans, it actually got me gigs because I played in a country band that played around Louisiana. Oh, yeah. And a lot of a lot of rock bands were there like, hey, you know what? I have this soul project uh, or I have this jazz project. You want to come and sit in for for a gig or two? And then I would just stay on. So it was, was kind of nice, man. Like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't realize when I first got to school, that's how it worked in the music industry. I thought it was going to be I get signed and tour and I'm going to be the <laughs> next fucking Metallica. And then yeah. like being a working musician was uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, that's, and so what made you decide to not do that presently? 
right now it was the pandemic. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So once, once COVID happened, I was in Austin, um, got a job, was working, you know, just, uh, we ended up moving cause Austin got like ridiculously expensive. Like, yeah. Cause LA moved there. Exactly. LA and San Francisco, both cities just decided oh, to merge no. in Texas. Yeah, dude. It's, it's insane. Median house there right now is about $700,000, which that's, that sounds like LA. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Why would yeah. I live here and not LA where I can enjoy the weather in LA? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I live in a place I can go canoeing all year round. So, so we ended up uh, moving out to Florida. Um, yeah. Man, because, you've, moved, you've moved everywhere. So what, what all states have you been, have you lived in? Uh, California. Like uh, so from New Mexico, uh, California, Texas, Louisiana, Florida. So that's five, six. Five. I lost five. count. That was five. fast. Mexico, awesome. California, Texas. Yeah, five. Awesome. Yeah, man. dude. Wow, that's yeah, a I'm, lot of states. And and honestly, here, uh, just trying to find musicians to play with right now. Um, so sorry, where where are you at now? Orlando, Florida. Orlando, Florida. Yeah, fiance is from from just north of here. Um, so her parents are here. It kind of made sense. Um, yeah, that follows. That so. tracks. And there's a music scene. Dude, there's a great music scene here. Yeah, I played a gig out there once. Dude, it's it's very pop punk now. Like, it's coming back. That's hilarious. My gig it's, was pop punk. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, I don't know, man. I don't know if I could, like, do pop punk and not, like, get tired of it. I could do math rock and enjoy that. Cause I'm a, I like to spaz, like, you know what I mean? But four chords for that long, I mean, a gig's a gig's a gig, but like, here's the question. Are pop punk bands filling amphitheaters? Uh, here. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. That's solid. That's a solid living right there. Do you know how much like, like on average, and if you're like a amphitheater touring band music, like if you're a band member, you're probably looking at about 30 grand a night. Yeah. It's not bad. No, no, you know, no, if it's like a full scale production, that's a living for sure. It's a it's it's an interesting thing here, man, because pop punk is kind of king right now here. Huh. Um, not a lot of country, which I thought there would be more country in Florida. There's really not. Um, huh. But there's a lot of one off gigs and single gigs just for yourself. OK, um, so those are cool because it's all usually like Disney and Universal. So nobody's fucking listening to you. So you're getting paid to practice for the most part shit i'd do it dude which is great right you just sit there for four hours noodle noodle fuck up yeah nobody play cares nobody's tracking play stayway to heaven like seven times because you can <laughs> yeah <laughs> see how many places you can sneak the lick in that's yeah, what i would much. do it's 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 not bad it's it's very different new orleans was by far uh my most lucrative city um yeah playing out just because there were so many venues and it just the sheer like number of bands that can play everything and that always need someone to step in. Um, so it was, it was cool. True. Yeah. I would imagine a lot of those really tight bands are probably like kind of a revolving door because people have lives and they play all the time. There's constantly music everywhere you turn. Well, and new Orleans is kind of a stepping stone to Nashville for a lot of people there. Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of people will go to new Orleans. They'll play for a couple of years and then they'll head to Nashville to try to actually like, you know, get on a touring schedule or hmm. something like that. Interesting. 
Very yeah, interesting no idea. city. Yeah, very interesting city. Yeah, I only uh, had the privilege of spending a day in New Orleans on that tour after MI, um, but it was a cool time. Yeah, it's it's a cool city to visit, man. Um, yeah. Living there, yeah. Uh, I, I I wouldn't recommend it, but some people love it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> wasn't my their thing. own. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. That's for sure. But what even listening to lately? Oh man, what have I been listening to lately? Unfortunately, uh, a lot of Foo Fighters recently. Mm, that that yeah. tracks. Um, I've actually been listening to a lot of hip hop lately. Believe it or not. All right, who you been digging? I got back into um, Aesop Rock. Oh, I love that guy. He's Dude, great. I, yeah, I haven't heard Aesop in a very long time. He's producing his own beats now. Is he really? I believe so. Yeah, he's not doing as much with Blockhead. Dude, I had, I had a friend who, to, who explained it to me this way when I first heard of Aesop. He's like, if you understand Eminem, you went to high school. Oh, no, no. If you understand 50 Cent, you went to high school. If you understand Eminem, you might have went to college. But if you understand Aesop Rock, you're a PhD candidate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, he's right. pretty, pretty high art. I would um, consider him. I've also been listening to, sorry, I'm just going through my. Sure, of course. Here. Um, Dale Ann Bradley. She's a, a, um, a bluegrass musician out of uh, cool. Kentucky. She's amazing. Uh, a lot of Stapleton lately. A lot of Tyler yeah, Childers. Great lately. songwriting. Yeah. Have you, have you heard Tyler Childers at all? I've heard the name. I've probably seen him on TikTok or something. Dude, he is fantastic. He is such Tyler a great Childers? songwriter. Tyler Childers. Okay. Very you can Write down a note to look up that guy. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, Get into Tyler Childers. I'll put. I'll. I'll uh, let me see. I'm. I'm trying to think of the best song to start out with with him because he can get very bluegrass very fast. That doesn't bother me. I've been digging on Billy Strings lately. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's very similar. Just a little cool. more. Uh, little. Little younger, if you will. <laughs> yeah, Billy Strings tears it up, dude. He's killer. I would say start off with the song "White House Road" is a good one. White House Road. Yeah, White House Road is a really good one. Uh, so is Tattoos. That's another good one. Tattoos. Wow, I, my typing game is just off today. It's all right, man. I'll Tattoos. All right. Very sweet. Then what other hip-hop you've been vibing on? Honestly, I just kind of throw on Spotify, whatever comes on. Bro, uh, have you heard Denzel Curry? Of course. Oh, yeah, he's a Texas guy. Dude's fucking amazing. Oh, monster. He's incredible. Dude, he's amazing. incredible. How about JPEG Mafia? I haven't heard JPEG Mafia. No. JPEG Mafia is super like experimental. Like I think I think that JPEG Mafia is what most hip hop is gonna sound like in like 10 years. Okay, I can get behind yeah, that. Yeah, he's really cutting edge and artistic and out there and just mm, Tizo touchdown. Yeah, I'm, you heard Pooh Shiesty. I've heard of Pooh Shiesty. I don't think Pooh Shiesty. Yeah. I've I've heard a couple tracks on my title, and I was very impressed. Pooh Shiesty's doing the thing. This is what I remember, man. You always like had like the the shit I hadn't heard of before. Then I would go home and listen to it. I'd be like, oh okay, I see what day. Yeah, dude, with. I keep it weird. You ever get into Ween? Of course, man. Dude, I Ween's been my favorite there. band since I was twelve. Dude, Ween is the shit, man. Ween is the shit. Seen him live. I've never seen him live. No, bro, We've you got to make it happen. You got to go, change your life. Let me see. Are they touring right now? Yes. But yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like I saw that they were on. Tour. I just saw them in November. It was incredible. 
Have you uh, have you listened to the Reverend Horton Heat at all? Yeah, a little bit. That, Psychobilly yeah. is not necessarily like my steez. That's like being being from Canada, I connect more with folk music, I would say, than country music. That's fair. You know, and I feel like Willie Nelson really blurs the line nicely there. Like that's kind of where I sit. And then I could get into like outlaw country because of my background as a punk rocker. That's you fair. know what I mean? That 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 follows. I feel like ex-punk guys go one of two ways. They go outlaw country or they go like hardcore jazz. There's no in between. <laughs> I mean, there's also post-rock. That's that's very true. You're yeah, right. which is where I went. But that's I was true. I was more of a pop punk than a hardcore punk. Um, I was my first band was like more thrash metal even than hardcore. You know what's funny? For as much metal as I've listened to in my life, I've never been in a metal band. Yeah, I choose not to. Yeah. Even even when I was younger, I was in pop punk bands. I was yeah. in a post-hardcore band, but I was never in a metal band. Yeah, I mean, my first band, we considered ourselves thrash metal. I don't know if the audience did, but people definitely like punched each other to us. It was great. Nice. Um, nice. But yeah, I love metal and I listen to it all the time, but I'm very specific about my metal. I like prog. I'm big on prog. And I, I don't want to be in a prog band for a number of reasons, both like physical and emotional. That's fair. You know, what, what, like if I'm playing what, six hours a day, my wrists are going to flare up. Like, I, I don't I don't think it's carpal tunnel, but I definitely have some kind of tendonitis. When you say emotional, what do you mean, though? Uh, well, the- like you have to basically resign to like at the maximum. If you are the one of the best prog bands in the world, if you are Mastodon. The only time you're getting to an arena or higher is if you're opening for Metallica. That's fair. <clears throat> If you're Gojira, you know, Red Rocks is your peak. That's fair. And that's like, and then like, and then another thing, I'm a huge diehard Devin Townsend fan, almost as much as with Ween, I would say. And he's also a huge Ween fan, which is rad. But um, dude was doing arenas. I would would say he was like, what's it? I would say he was doing amphitheater to arena level like he would do a couple of arenas a year big festivals stuff like that and after all was said and done with the band and everything he was maybe coming home with 60 grand and he was touring constantly and just wearing out every piece of his body because think about all the physical work of playing really technical shit right then you factor in like if you're a vocalist probably gonna have to do a lot of screaming and shouting and It's like, well, if you're screaming and yelling, well, you can't really like you have to be very particular about what you eat, what you drink, you know, how you sleep. And I lack the discipline to do that. And I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound. Do we have the exact same bass, by the way? Is that a Squire jazz bass behind you? Yes, it is. Is it a special? Or no, sorry. Squire standard. Is this standard? Yeah, Squire standard. Let me see what color. Bro, we literally have the same exact base. Do we? Ha! Well, yours is a, yours is a jazz base, though, right? Hold on. I can't hear you. Now okay. I can hear you. Your, your, yours is a... Is it a P base or a jazz base? Jazz. Oh, mine's a P base. Oh, really? Oh, my yeah. God. We, we are such like a interesting parallel universe version of each other. Dude, I agree. We're the Let same me put thing. this back up. We're the same? Oh, God.
I love that we have the same series and finish, just the other one. I know. <laughs> well, we had the same fucking SG forever, man. Was it the wait? Was yours the faded or the night the varnish? Mine was cherry. the varnish. Cherry. Varnish cherry. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Special. Yeah, man. Special. Yeah. Yeah, 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 we do have the same guitar, but I modified the shit out of mine. Well, I, I had mine, dude. Like, I, I played the absolute fuck out of that guitar. Yeah. And then uh, I got in a car accident, and uh-huh. headstock went bye-bye, and it was going to cost me, like, a grand to fix it because of the way it splintered. That sucks. Yeah. Luckily, insurance gave me enough money to buy a new guitar. Um, shit. I got... I don't have it in here, um, but I got a... Th- uh, Gibson Memphis guitar. So it's like a 345, but the nice. like really high-end one. Dude, I love um, a hollow. Yeah, man. I actually just got a new one. Oh, yeah? You've seen my uh, ES, right? The really old one? Yeah, man. The, the single pickup, right? Yeah, the one P90 in there. That is gorgeous. I really yeah, like man. those. The, I had a guy make it for me um, in South Korea. Uh-huh. Also, that's a custom jobby. So... Yes and no. So it was, it's, uh, I asked him to put a, one of my own logos on it. He unfortunately put the Gibson logo on it, which oh, I, but I like that he did do. the pre world war two logo. I asked him to, so I asked him to do my logo with that script. You know that have... my guitar is the last year they made it with that script. Really? Yeah. You want me to grab it? I'll go grab yeah, it. Hold on. Yeah, dude, please do Give one yeah. second for, for everyone listening. We're just geeking out over guitars right now uh yeah this is this is good times for me yeah cool you like dude, my little is, uh, away screen there dude i loved it <laughs> that's right, gorgeous get, man the logo there oh that is gorgeous man and that's something so that's when they started doing the open book headstock though, right? It was before they, or after they did just the, the straight one. Yeah. So it's got the open book shape, as you can see. Um, and then I believe, uh, and if someone out there is nerdier than us, uh, you're welcome to see, but I'm pretty sure 1946 was the last year of Gibson doing that script logo. And then it switched to the Gibson logo though, as we know it today. Dude, that thing is beautiful, man. Yeah, it does the thing. Love it. Yeah, it's uh, it, you can't play it hard. I've noticed if you play it hard, it just kind of sounds like it sounds spanky enough, but it doesn't do the spank thing. It's not what it's for. Now, Gibsons in general are not not for spanky. SGs are a little different, but yeah. Aside from SGs, they're, they're but gotta, SGs have more of a growl than a spank. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I think again, Alba Alba told me told explained it to me best because I was trying to. I was always a Gibson guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're trying to play your Les Paul like it's a Strat. You need to play it like a Les Paul. And I had no idea what the fuck he meant by that. Hard. He was like, with a Les Paul, you got to lay back. You got to be a little more relaxed, a little more reserved. Play your ass off, but you don't have to be on top of everything. Where a Strat, you're trying to beat the fuck out of your guitar. You got <laughs> to do that with a Fender. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I see what you mean. I think it's like basically he's saying that Gibsons have like a different nuance where like there's like a wider, there's a different band of expressionality of the instrument based on kind of how you play it in a tactile way. Absolutely. Like based on your touch. It's just, it's different. Fenders kind of, they, they do the Fender thing. 
Some of them don't, but most of them do. And Gibson, it's like you could pick one Gibson off the shelf and you could you can say, oh, why'd they even build this thing? It sounds and plays like garbage. And then you pick something else up and it's alive and it has a story to tell. It's like, what the fuck is this? This is incredible. I can usually tell within about five seconds if I'm going to like a Gibson. Me too. What are you looking for when you pick one up? Resonance. Yep. And then How do you check it, that? I knock on it, number one, and I see if I can hear the strings ringing. Okay. That's you know how I check for it? The way I do it is I will strum it just open. And if the neck vibrates about the same as the body, it's a good one. That's what I was going to say too. If I strum them open and I can feel even vibration between the neck and the body, that's all I do. Yes. Pathetic resonance. But I do the knock first to see if I can at least hear it. Because if I can't hear it, it's not going to be resonant enough for me. I already know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gibson's are real hit or miss, but man, when they hit, they hit different. Dude, I had a I had an SG, I had a 61 reissued Derek Trucks version. Yeah. For eight years. Someone stole it. That sucks. While you were at MI? No, no, no. I, I got it right when I was about to graduate from MI. Um, I'd save I'd eat going on the ramen noodle diet, man. And I was like saving all my money to get that, right? <clears throat> Left, had it in with me all through Texas. And when I got to uh got back to Texas from Louisiana, someone stole it the first week. <sighs> I know, man. That sucks. Yeah, that that one that hurt really bad. Dude, when I was at MI, this kid got deported because he stole his friend's guitar and tried to sell it. No. Yeah. It was a Eric Clapton custom strat, like eight thousand dollar guitar. Jesus, man. And the kid was not a citizen, so oh, and the kid who he stole from his dad is like a detective. Oh. So I say kid, guy, you know, adults, but young adults. Yeah, that was gnarly. I couldn't believe it. Holy fuck. <laughs> That's wild, man. Yeah, homie was from India. Wow. And he got deported because he committed a he committed larceny. Wow. Which tends to happen when you commit larceny as a non-immigrant, you know? That's that's fair. Yeah. That was gnarly. Uh, sorry, I lost the sneeze. <laughs> oh, I hate when that happens. Dude, my ex used to fuck with me. Like I would be about to sh- sneeze and she'd just be like, you're not going to sneeze. You can't sneeze. You can't do it. You're not going to sneeze. You're not going to sneeze. Ugh. And then I would lose it. Ma, don't do that. That's the worst, man. You think it's so funny till it happens to you? Jerk. So I'm yeah. so glad she's your ex now. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. dude, dodge that bullet. <laughs> no, I am. I am. That was, that was a good save. We've all been there, man. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You're Better in the smokers' pit at MMI. Dude, the smokers' pit was that was the shit. I met Billy Bob Thornton there one time. That was cool. Not Billy Thornton, the audio engineering teacher. No, not Billy Thornton, the audio engineering. That's not Billy Thornton. Cool guy. Threw me I, ones. I had the guy with the uh, the bob in the middle. Ah, gotcha. That was that was kind of cool. It was when Rush That's was so getting cool. their uh, Rush was getting their their star. Oh yeah. I feel like I was out of town or something for that. And I missed that. I would have gone. I love rush. Well, so I had Dave Hill for single string in that outdoor like atrium class. Oh, um, and they were, they were getting their star right in front of our classroom, bro. That's so rock and roll. Yeah. So we were, we were in there like learning and then we were like, yo, Dave, can we just like watch rush getting their shit? Cause this is like super cool right now. He's like, yeah, man, let's do it. And then we started like play. I think it was actually RSW. So we started playing and they like turned around and they were like, right on. And then they just went back to doing what they were doing. <laughs> They're hilarious. <laughs> Those guys are such clowns. Oh yeah. 
Oh my god! Did you ever watch? You ever get into Trailer Park Boys? Of course, dude. You ever see the episode where Ricky kidnaps Alex Lifeson? Of course. Did you see the movie later where Alex Lifeson is in drag hooking for cheeseburgers with Randy? No, I haven't seen that one. I'm sure you've seen it and didn't realize that it was Alex Lifeson. It's, it's very possible. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Those guys are so funny. Did you ever see uh, the boys in Brazil? No, I haven't seen like that the one, no. side documentary that came with Russian Rio, the one that like won, I think it was like an Oscar or a Grammy or something. No, I haven't seen it. Dude, there's this whole bit about the soup. So good. One of the it was the soup bit before there was good soup. It was uh Alex and Getty, because Alex and Getty were interviewed separate from Neil, because Neil and Alex and Getty are like. Oh, I love the soup. Yeah, no, oh, not a day goes by I don't have the soup. Or sometimes after we have the soup, we have another soup. So that's two soups that day. And then, like later on in the documentary, you hear Neil go, "Oh yeah, I love the soup." Oh my God! Rest in peace, yeah. Neil Peart. Rest in peace, Neil. That dude had a tough, tough go. Yeah, man. It was. It, I I could kind of see it was coming before it did and then when it did it was like a gut punch man that that was he was yeah. very closed off yeah in general and I, I think that makes sense for rush to disband you know like why would you keep beating that one home just go play music together or with other yeah. people like who cares you've done you had a good run you know yeah you're never going to replace neil and then no you try to tour with someone else we're all just going to say well if that was neil though yeah nobody's going to come out like yeah. it's it's not only would it be bad form but it would be bad like i guess in jewish we would say it would be bad nachis it's like nachis? bad nachis yeah bad nachis good nachis is like bad 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 vibes bad juju kind of thing okay. um and makes sense that since getty gary Weinrib and alex zivilyanovich are nice jewish boys from toronto uh right. makes sense to use the <laughs> the lingo that we grew up on you know <laughs> I, I haven't, I don't know a whole lot about Jewish culture. Um, uh, I know enough to like be funny, but it's, it's interesting. It's, yeah, it's I, a vibe. That's what I've gathered. Cause I, I know a lot about Mexican culture, obviously me being yeah. the brown, the brown that I am. Uh, but yeah, like, well, Jewish so like Yiddish, and- the language Yiddish mm-hmm. is, I would argue it is as much a shorthand of many languages as it is an inside joke. Okay. Which is, I guess, something that happens when your ethnicity and religion develop side by side together. That's fair. You know what I mean? And, That's you fair. know, a little gallows humor, you know, goes a long way when you're constantly being run out of wherever you're trying to be. That's fair. You know? You have to keep the spirits up somehow, I guess. Exactly. And, uh, you know, learn how to roll with the punches. I never asked you, what was your whole experience like, like, coming to the U.S.? As a, as a Canadian. Okay. So the biggest culture shocker for me was when I went to just like your standard kind of like barn grill type of restaurant and there wasn't vinegar at the table for your French fries. Okay. I've, I've heard this before. And I like, <laughs> I, sit, I sit down and I'm like, Hey, can we get some vinegar? And the lady's like, like, like for cleaning. <laughs> and she looks at me this with this quizzical look, like, like, huh? Huh? And I love, uh, fucking, I love that graphic. Love that, oh my God. that was great. That was great. Yeah, it was uh, 
So that was a pretty big culture shock. I, I don't know if you remember Krishnan, the bass player. Of course, man. Krishnan used to make fun of me for being Canadian and I have ADHD and I mask pretty well. I can adapt accents pretty quickly. So my accent went away pretty fast. Yeah, I wouldn't have even guessed you were Canadian. Yeah, no, I can pour it on real thick when I want to or when I'm drinking, it just happens. But uh, I don't drink that much nowadays. And uh, yeah, I definitely lost my accent really fast moving here because you know i wasn't surrounded by canadian people and i got yeah. laughed at or looked at funny every time i said a or washroom fair enough yeah. I, I can i can relate because uh my family is uh i have a lot of family in east la and that's kind of like how i grew up in new mexico so yeah. i very much had like the like hey holmes what's going on i say what you doing bro yeah like, yeah i had that growing up so that's how i talked yeah, got, so that to, maybe is why I get along better with like Mexican folks than like <laughs> most. Maybe it's hey. the A. The A. Hey, fool. Yeah. Hey, what's good, man? Hey. Yeah. Uh, or it's yeah. more so like uh oh just oh, oh that's a that's a real big fish there, eh? You know what I mean? Oh, that's <laughs> a nice car you got there, eh? Eh, Holmes? So I think that's the difference. We put it at the beginning of phrases, you put it at the we end. We put it at the end, correct. That's right. There Correct. You go. We bookend that shit, my boy. It's it's because we're the bookends of the United States. Correct. That's why. That follows. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. I like that. That we'll, that makes perfect sense. To be we'll fair, just, we'll just stick with that, man. A. Yeah. yeah a. A. Yeah. Yeah. A. Is that a okay. slide in your hand? It is a slide in my hand. I don't have my I fidget have spinner. Similar, I think I have the same one. Oh no, yeah. that one's brass. This one's brass and it has a little cutout. Oh, that's nice. I just got a really boring steel one. I no, never, I have, I've never used it. I have that too. <laughs> oh yeah. So I use, I use this one because it has like a little cutout. I don't know if you can see it. Like yeah. A little lip. So that, that looks can, comfy. So I throw it on and then I can still. Fret. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's great, man. Yeah. But back to, I guess back to the experience coming to America as a Canadian. Um, it wasn't culturally too different other than like really like the portion sizes of food um that's when i really started gaining weight uh and honestly like this is going to be an unpopular opinion but so far from what i've seen american craft beer is better than canadian craft beer but american just like domestic standard beer pales in comparison to just canadian like piss lager like our piss water is better than your piss water but your craft beer is way better than our craft beer okay if you want good piss water though have you yeah. had piss water in texas okay uh the beer piss water the beer piss water, yes. I think so. I had a buddy who got married in Austin, and I think I had it. Dude, it's so uh, Texas in general. Their 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 shitty beers are really good, but piss Dude, water. Shiner Bach. Mm. Dude, Shiner's mm. shit, man. That yeah, was my yeah. that was my biggest thing moving to Florida. Like living in Texas, Shiner's been my favorite since I was like 15 years old. I could never find it. Lived in Texas, I could find it wherever the fuck I wanted it. Yeah. Moved to Florida, I can't find it fucking anywhere. Trying to think it. if there's anything that even comes close, and I like I can't. Shinerbach, dude. Shinerbach is where it's at. Their yeah, their seasonal bro. beers, their seasonal beers are a little eh, hit or miss. Like their ruby red grapefruit, not a fan. Eh. But yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. It, it'll get the job done. But you just give me a good old Shinerbach. Can't go wrong. I'm good. Can't man. go wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's you know, stand, good old fashioned Molson Canadian, do the body good. I don't know if I've you know, ever had Canadian beer. I got to be honest with you. It's not too far off from American beers, considering, you know, how far <laughs> apart America and Canada are culturally and uh, <laughs> like 
climactically speaking. I mean, and we've all had Mexican beers. Throw a lime in there. You're I good. love a Modelo. I never add the lime. I like the beer just as is. See, I'm the same or, uh, or it's either give me the straight goods, like a Negra Modelo, or let me get that Michelada. I love a Michelada. I, I drink more Micheladas than I drink beers nowadays. You've been to San Diego and gotten one there? No, I've never had a Mitch in San Diego. Is that the spot? Dude, yeah, because it's right there by Tijuana, right? Yeah. I mean, I had a bunch of so, Micheladas when I was in Puerto Vallarta a couple weeks ago. That was the shit. So so here's the thing, though. There's something about the San Diego ones where oh. they do a lot of seafood in their Micheladas, right? Whoa. It's all fresh caught right there. So they throw it right on top. You got yourself like a fucking shrimp Michelada right there. That's that's like half ceviche, half Michelada. Pretty much, dude. It's amazing. Sold. It's I want so it. good. I want it. I would do that. I'll get you in totally touch. With, I'll get you in touch with my sister. She lives in San Diego. She'll show you some spots. Yeah, dude. For I'll sure. probably be down there eventually. I'll find a reason to get out there. Yeah, man. It's a good time, man. I like San I Diego. I like it out there. Yeah. I almost moved there at one point for a job, but that didn't pan out. And I'm glad it didn't because that would have been the worst job I'd ever had. Uh, how so? Um, it was one of those scooter startups. I don't know if I need to really say more other than like I helped them launch in San Diego and they were pissed that I was like invoicing them to feed the crew on 16 hour workdays with four hour breaks in between. Like, I don't think they liked that. I knew enough about labor to like call them out on illegal labor shit. Is this the one you were talking about on, on TikTok? No, or, no. Okay. Uh, I've had a lot of shitty jobs. Fair enough. Uh, no, that, that one was probably the recording school that you're referring to. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Scammy. Yeah. Uh, that was a whole ordeal. I'm actually still friends with a buddy of mine who I met at that job at the recording school. And we still hang out like once a month. And he actually just recently started working there again after not being there for like a number of years, but he's been there for a while Oh shit. still. And that was in like 2013, 2014. He's been there for like a decade almost. It's gotta be. Dude. I still can't believe 2012 was a decade ago. I know, bro. That happens so fast. Like, dude, I hit my mid-30s this year. I hit my mid-fucking 30s this year. It's it's nuts. And I'm well into my 30s at this point. I remember, like, being super dramatic the the night before I turned 30. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to put on a song. What's my last song in my 20s? Whatever. And I'm like, you fucking bitch. My 30th birthday (laughs) is a real turning of the page. Yeah. Spiritually. So it, it... Okay. So the week, so I, I'm, my birthday is February 12th. It's two days before Valentine's day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I had a girlfriend that I lived with at the time and I had planned a birthday jam session in for my 30th birthday, where I booked out a rehearsal, a big ass rehearsal room with a huge PA for like six hours and then just invited a bunch of like my world-class musician friends to fucking come and throw down and bought beers and foods and snacks. And my, my girlfriend was supposed to bring the cake, but like the night before the night of Valentine's day, uh, we, I, I broke it off with her. Okay. Cause it just wasn't it. It wasn't happening. And I was feeling that like slide into like inactivity with my music. And so I broke it off and then the next day had this party and two weeks later, I moved out. Week after that, lockdown. So it was wow. the last time like most of those people probably seen or did anything with people for like a while, especially music people. Wow. Yeah, that was a trip. Great time. I rented like a 16-channel mixer 
uh, set up a whole preset for it so that we could all like bring in like Ableton rigs and instruments. Buddy, I don't know if you remember Alex Cora from MI, but Alex course, brought his Plexi. Man. Oh, fucking Cora's the shit, man. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um, I don't want to like spoil too much about him, but that dude accidentally smoked bleach and has never been the same since. Really? Yeah, like he cleaned his weed pipe or something with bleach mm. and then took a hit out of it and like had to go to the hospital and like had memory problems for a while. And then just like he's been a different person since. That's unfortunate, man. Yeah, he was a great guy. I loved Alex. He really, I, I got to sing on his record. Did you really? Yeah, he released an album as Purposeful, yeah, Purposeful Porpoise. Purposeful Porpoise, yeah. Yeah, so I'm on that in Crossing Into the Unknown. It's funny, at the time I was the youngest person on the album and I was playing the village elder, the ancient mystic. <laughs> it's kind of like a rock opera. Vinny Kaljuda is on drums on that album, bro. Dude, I know. I, I saw who he got to play on that album. Oh, Rick Fierabracci, yeah. like, he had Ginny Luke. Oh, Ginny, what Ginny a Luke. deadly lineup. Dude, Ginny Luke, oh my fucking God. And not to mention, Alex is a good enough player that he can absolutely, like, band lead people that good absolutely man wild player constant practicer back in the day i remember when i first met alex I, he was drinking coffee in like the little break room that we had at mi i remember that shit and uh yeah yeah i know i ate a lot of sandwiches in that place yeah those oh, i ate a lot machines. of horrible sandwiches yeah <laughs> but uh, monster I, java sorry go on i i asked him something and he's like yeah man i don't really pay attention to chords or scales i don't know what the fuck i'm doing yeah, and I was like, bro. Oh, since I started playing more in open tunings, like that's really the deal. <laughs> well, shit, man. Do the thing, play the notes, and then explain yourself later. Once you listen back, figure out what the fuck you did. You yeah. know? No, absolutely, man. I, I, it took me. So that's the way I played before I got to MI, and then I got the MI brain where I'm like, no, everything has to be perfect and proficient, and this and that. And it yeah. took me so long to get out of that again. Yeah, I didn't play for four years after I finished MI. With really? uh, with, yeah, with that X, I just wasn't really able to pick up and do it. It's, uh, it's rough, dude. It's it took rough. me four years to get my chops back. Didn't and now me. I have surpassed where I was, thankfully, that when I left MI, I've surpassed that point and I keep evolving and growing now. See, but I, it took a lot. For me, I, because I played so often, I wasn't like actively writing, but I was playing all the fucking time. I was playing out. So my chops never went away. But... I lost that aspect of like songwriter that I'm just now getting back, which, which I love so much because I forgot how much I enjoyed that. Yeah. Like I, I got, I, I got burned on song here. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't I'll tell no, you. No, 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 please do go ahead. But I want to hear your story. No, no, no. I was just going to say like, it, it was, I, I kind of became the, the MI cliche, if you will, like the dude who can fucking rip and gets gigs, but, can't you know write his own music write his own lines nothing yeah. like you're in a lot of cover bands and shit you know yeah so that that was me for a long time but it's it's nice to be getting back to like writing my own stuff now again and actually having something to say which i didn't really have when i was 23 you know i think that's what i'm struggling with now like i don't really know what i want to say i know what i want to hear and i can i can compose to i'm blue in the face but writing lyrics has been a struggle for me for a long long time and i don't know where like what that block is um i know i got done dirty uh, on a project that we released in 2013 that i wrote 100 of the lyrics for it it's like a real fantasy themey kind of like concept album thing and maybe the problem is I'm, tr I'm trying to like force myself into a place of writing some like really real emotional shit and what i really should just be doing is out there weird concepty shit because that's what i listen to 
you know? So maybe I need to like redirect that way, but I haven't been able to write an album. I haven't even been able to really like finish writing lyrics to a song since then. And I got burned because I wrote all this amazing stuff and I retained the rights on all of it. Um, and I'm going to repurpose it and own the master, you know, of my versions eventually. Cause I don't know if you knew that if you knew this or your audience can knew this, but as long as you like split the publishing with the owner of an original works, you can just go and register a new master and you own that master. Mm-hmm. Like you record the same song. Like, mm-hmm. let's say you record gooey by glass animals. You do it your way. They own, you know, 100% of the publishing, but you own the entire master. That's fair. Yeah. Which is cool. But anyways, I digress. So I got cut out, uh, well, from the story about being burned, though. So I wrote all of these songs and I composed like over half of the album, I would say. But the kind of person who stepped in to be band leader uh, didn't let me into any of the mix sessions. And I was an engineer at the time and I was working and didn't let me like in on any of the mix sessions. And I never even got to like track my guitar through a proper amplifier. It was all just my scratch tracks they ended up using that I recorded through a fucking M audio fast track, like direct into logic using plugins. And I have like a nice tube amp and good guitars and mics and all of that. And I never got the chance to actually just play my parts the way they meant to, they were meant to be. And that really like made it, I guess it's like, I don't know, but I've struggled to like write lyrics since then. That's, a, that's frustrating, man. Yeah. I can I, compose all day. I can shit out music in did, minutes. Did you ever have a class with Jamie Lula? I love Jamie Lula. Uh, he was my, vo- I took a private vocal lesson okay. with him. And he really helped me like open up and like get comfortable for the first time with singing uh, in a real way. And then when I was working that church gig at the Spawn Theater, he was always there singing. Okay. Yeah. So I got to see a lot of him more recently. Well, for me, so I had a a songwriting class with him and uh, he, because I was the same way. I, I could not finish lyrics to save my life. And he forced me to just like, okay, go write something in 10 minutes and come back. Like, but it better be done when you come back. And that's, that's what broke me out of it. Really? Mm-hmm. Put a timer, and once the timer goes off, you stop, and it's done. So do we want to do that 10-minute 10 10 minute challenge together to, like, write something? <laughs> I wish I could right now. I have to run yeah. here in just a minute. But uh, next time, I'm yeah. totally down. I'm totally down to do next that. Next time is on the table because I've had a great conversation with you today. Dude, Kirby. same here. I'm so happy you fucking wanted to do this, man. I'm so happy you reached so out. Glad we've stayed in touch. Like, Dude, same. That's huge. I've lost a lot of friends from, you know, the college days, not just as far as them like moving away and disappearing, but like some of them have died. I know. Same here. John Pacheco, man. Rest in peace. Love that dude. Rest in peace, John Pacheco. That guy, he, he's, he's that perfect example of go to music school and never release a thing. Yeah. You know, I feel, I feel, I I feel like every release of mine moving forward is just dedicated in my heart to Johnny because he deserved better. He came out to see me uh, in, yeah, when I was on that tour, he came out to see us in New York City. Awesome, man. Yeah, he came out to see us May 1st, 2011, and that was also the night that they shot Bin Laden. Oh, shit. And we were playing in Manhattan. There was people, like, celebrating in the streets, and we had just basically sold out the Gramercy Theater, which is, like, a pretty decent-sized house. I'm I'm aware. Yeah. 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 Fuck, that was one of my fondest memories. I'll never forget it. I went and bought a way too expensive bottle of whiskey and some way too expensive blunt wraps. Johnny shows up off the train from Rhode Island, 
and he's got a buddy in tow. I think another guy named Johnny. And we go, uh, we go into the bathroom at the Gramercy and I roll us some fat fucking blunts and we go for a little walk ski. That's the way to do it, man. God, I miss Johnny. I know, man. Here in the, hey, dude, 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 look, M Shadows did my, did my voicemail thing, dude. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> until he had him, until he had me replace it with Stewie. Oh, shit. Dude. Oh, I forgot about the Stewie. How yeah. did I forget about your Stewie? Oh, my God. I mean, I've basically forgotten about Stewie. I can't remember the last time I watched Family Guy. Dude, I totally forgot you used to do that. I used to love <laughs> it. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. My favorite impression that, uh, in my current rotation is Homestar Runner. Let's hear That's it. the one. Hey, Stwalbad, I brought back your tape of old Mr. Wizards. <laughs> oh, Blast Tax? I didn't bring any of those. I drove. That's fucking great, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. Buddy. Dude, thank you for having me on the show. No, This okay. has been such a treat. It's dude, great to catch up with you. No, it, it's... Thank you, man. I'm, I'm so happy you wanted to do it, man. It was great catching up with you. Again, we, ha- we have to do it again. Have yeah. to do it again. I think we need to do that songwriting challenge together. Ten minutes each. Go off Come into down. our separate corners. You know? Come back and play it. Come back and play yeah. it. Of course. I'm, to- I'm so down. So down. Cool. Cool. Don't, don't don't run yet. I want to talk to you about no. something when we when we get off this. But sure. Uh, do you want to tell people where they can find your music? Find you online? Anything? Yeah, like you that? can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Dave Makes Noises. That's plural. Dave Makes Noises. Upwards of one, upwards of one second tape, as Strong Bad would say. Um, but yeah, Dave Makes Noises across the board. That's where you'll find me. Uh, if you want to see my latest release, I think it was October 2020. I produced five tracks on an album called 888 by Johan Don. That's J-O-H-A-N-D-A-W-N. Check out the record. It's some like real smooth, like neo-soul R&B, real sexy stuff. I think you'll, you'll dig it. And that's it where you can find me. Good shit, man. Dave Kirsch, thank you so much, man. I appreciate you being on. My pleasure, bro. Much love. Much love, man. Thank you, everyone, for listening.